0: Hey guys, welcome to the second episode, season four of the Teen Vesperers show. And in this season, we are going to discuss journeys of various podcasters all around the world and how they are doing podcasts, their future goals and many more. Today, we have a guest who was so patient while I was stumbling with time zones and he's the host uh, of Stuff I Never Know podcast. Uh, They always kind of record in groups, which is also really super cool stuff and he's also a digital marketer that that too for over 20 years and so a lot of tools, tips and tricks are also coming on your way so wait for that people also so ladies and gentlemen let's welcome Jeff Revilla to the show show. Mr. Revilla, welcome to the show Uh, please tell a little bit about yourself and your podcasting career like a bird on a tree I'm just sitting here
1: I got time to see. Yeah thank, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, like we said the time zones are a little different. It's only uh, I just woke up so hopefully my brain is firing <laughs> on all cylinders and we're ready to go. Uh, I, I did start a, I got really interested in podcasting around 2009 but just was terrified uh, to pull the trigger and actually start hmm. doing episodes and it took me to about 2015. And I came up with this mm-hmm. trivia show format, which we'll talk about a little bit. And uh, the, the goal was to kind of expand what a podcast was. I wanted to say, mm-hmm. or wanted to see what could you do besides two friends sitting in a room with a microphone and that we, you know, built, used different tools and we're able to get people from around the world. They call in mm-hmm. and we do a live show and that audio becomes a podcast. It's pretty exciting. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, one of, it's, it's one of the biggest things I've ever accomplished. I'm very excited. Oh, about it. that's great.
0: And, you know, you were talking in the previous, we were talking about, you know, skateboards and stuff. I mean, like, what? Well, I mean, like, I'm really, you know, astonished by that because there is no like straps in the skateboard because I'm actually from India here. We don't actually use those uh, that much, at least in our South part of the country. Uh, but, you know, in north side they actually use that. So how do you actually make the flip? You know, just, just, uh, I'm just I never watched a YouTube video for that. So you, can you just tell a little bit about that? I'm just really excited on that.
1: I mean, just like uh, we we say soccer in America, you probably say football. Uh, just like you control the ball with your feet, you're able to kick it and spin it and, and turn it. Well, you can do the same thing with a skateboard. So there's not, it's not exactly like football, um, but you, the way you position your feet on the board, the way that you, you jump and the way that you kick your feet around, uh, you can do all kinds of different things with the board. So if I always tell if, if you have a lot of friends that I know who played soccer in America, football and around the world, uh, they love skateboarding because it's that same aspect: it's challenging yourself to control something, and you may have to do a trick a hundred, two hundred times. You may fall a hundred, two hundred times, but you know they say you fall fall hundred ninety nine times, get up two hundred, and when you get up that two hundredth time, uh there's a lot of life, great life lessons in skateboarding, and it's because it's that persistence, that repetition. Um, you know, you're almost driving yourself to the brink of insanity sometimes trying to learn a new maneuver. Um, it's it's difficult, and and, the, and those are life lessons I've carried my entire life. I, I tell everybody get into skateboarding.
0: Wow, okay. And do you have any like big bruises after that?
1: Yeah, I still have some scars on my elbows. <laughs> uh, uh, my shins are my shins are really lumpy from getting hit in the legs all the time. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wish I had, I wow. wish I still did it more.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, work hard, play hard. I guess you know something like that. Sorry, play hard worker. Well, yeah, is it on? Oh, it's, it's correct. It's correct. I'm kind of confusing right now. Oh my God. Uh, so you know, in in your in your episode, you know, I, I think it's, it's season four of your side. Uh, you had this uh, you know, the quiz called Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. Yes. Okay. Because okay because because and there is a guy called Pat in that you know video and. Uh, the song I wanted that way. He said it was NSYNC. Okay. I was like, Oh my God, how can he say like that? Because I'm a huge fan of those guys because Backstreet Boys, Blue and uh, Boyzone, Best Life, you know, those guys, I mean, like um, not many people from my side heard it, but I actually have to wait a whole week, you know, in order to put, uh, they have to play the music on my TV. It was, it was so amazing how to, you know, hear that guys and, uh, but I will ask you this question, you know, so, so let's see if you knew, if you knew about this, about Backstage Boys, uh, there was this one guy in Backstage Boys who actually have a heart problem. He had a heart surgery. Uh, do you know who is that? No, I don't. I don't. You know? Okay, <laughs> I'll give you the option. So I, I'll give you two options. You can select one. One is, uh, he, one, that was a guy called Nick. I think, you know, You know, he was blonde hair and long hair. Another okay. called uh, Brian Littrell. Okay, so... Just guess if you have... Yeah, yeah, this is just
1: like my game. Yeah, it's a 50-50 chance.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Brian. Wow. <laughs> I think you're correct. Wow, wow super, super. And actually, it was actually, you know, the in the song, Show Me the Meaning of Love, he would be, you know, uh, if you have seen that song, obviously you have seen that someone was uh, lying in the bed. Actually, it was him, resonating him, I think. So I don't, I still remember it's a really old song. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I think, because I still want to ask that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The... um
1: a little bit why we do that on the show. I mean, the show is called stuff I never knew. And it's, it's not that it's not uh, they're very intelligent guests that I have on, on the, on the, but they're not used to being on camera. They're not used to having the spotlight on them. So even the most simple questions asked at the right time in the right order can, can, can freeze people. They, they panic. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's part of the element of the show is if, if you look, the questions aren't necessarily really difficult, you know, I write all those first round questions, and they're just fifty-fifty choices, and you're just guessing. But I'll structure them in a way to mislead you to th- to think to outthink yourself. So by the end of the round, um, I may do like five of the one, like I may do five NSYNC songs in a row. So by the sixth one, you're thinking, "Oh, it's got to be Backstreet Boys." But why? And I'll I may do another InSync. You know, I'll do things just to throw you off into and to keep people, you know, guessing themselves. And the, and that's part of the element of the show. It's not that they don't, they're not, these aren't very smart people. Uh, it's just that they they just aren't used to being on camera and having to answer trivia questions.
0: Yeah, and it was really because, you know, I, I kind of jumped on straight onto the show after seeing the name Backsheet Boys because I was really amazed by it. I, I didn't actually think someone would talk, the, you know, about them on a podcast. So that's why, I mean, like, that's why I want to ask you this is that, why a comedy podcast i mean like out of all because you've been in business for 20 years means you can you can talk a lot and earn a lot as there as well you know when you talk about digital marketing you know with your expertise so why a comedy podcast yeah i'm um, always about
1: diversification right i do a lot I, i'm really strong uh, local seo local marketing you know being in the automotive industry you're not selling cars outside of 15 20 miles of where you're located at. So you, you're hyper-focused locally. Um, outside of work, you know, what do I do? What happens if that goes away? What happens if we can't sell cars? Like we just went through a two-month period where we were shut down and, you know, you couldn't even sell vehicles. So what happens? So, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I started, well, how else can I earn money? Right? And that was kind of like, what else can I do? Just like you would diversify a stock portfolio to invest in different types of businesses, well, I should invest in myself differently. Maybe I should, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm good. I'm, I've won awards. I've done great things in automotive marketing, but should that go away? You know, you know, being 10 years is also a long time to be a marketing director. Uh, The average tenure is like two to three years. So I'm already pushing that, you know? Um, So I could also start to make money, maybe podcasting or, I do another channel uh, with a friend of mine called disc golf examiner where we do disc golf related videos. So I have a sports show, a trivia show, I'm working uh, and I'm trying to put all these things together to just, you know, supplement everything. Should one thing go bad or, or it was just a, it was a, a life strategy more than anything. And I, and I just, I'm in love with podcasting. I love the medium. I'll go like, I'll show up at six thirty, uh, you know, just to talk, you know, I just, just that people are doing it and you're progressing the medium and putting out great things, and you own it. And that's, that's I'm a big, so I, skateboarding, uh, uh, punk rock, I grew up on punk rock music, that's very DIY, like you own it, you control it, um, that's your medium. So I kinda wanted to build my own media company, and I figured if I had different types of shows, I could start to you know get different types, types of revenue and sell different types of ads to different, um, different companies.
0: Yeah, I can agree on that. And I, you know, as you were saying that podcasting is a being great medium, I always have this, you know, fear of, you know, what happens because uh, now you're on my show because and you are asking anything in return just to talk with me and you don't ask anything in return. Uh, you're spending an hour, hour long time. Now, apart from, you know, getting content from each other, I mean, like I create a lot of content for you, you do for me. So it's kind of that. But apart from that, do you think, you know, in future podcasting would be in a situation like uh, only if. I get anything returned from you, I will come on to your podcast. Do you think in the future, will that happen? I, I hope not. I, I hope that it stays. There's already
1: a part where big businesses are seeing the money that's involved and and people like us, I, I'm not making a ton of money, um, but it's you know, a little bit here and there. And, uh, but I like, if you look the show now, the last 10, 15 episodes, I'm only having podcasters on. I love that I can, I can bring somebody on the show. They can talk about their show. And, and these are small independent podcasters who are producing their own content. And we're, and I'm just, I'm, I'm in turn promoting them. They're coming on the show. Then just like you said, down when the show releases next week, I'll promote them again. They'll promote that they're on the show and it's just podcasters, helping podcasters, helping podcasters. And and that's what I like. And, I just want to keep, I want to keep it small DIY, but it's, it's going to be hard because in June alone, there was 120,000 new podcasts added one month. So, (laughs) I I mean, that's, I think some of that's part post pandemic where a lot of people stayed home. They learned a new skill. So we're going to get this big bubble. Um, A lot of those don't, don't go anywhere. And that, and and we know that. Um, (laughs) People who stay with a 10 plus episodes, you're going to stay with it longer. So you want, to, you want to keep doing it, um, but you just got to be committed. And, and when you see a bubble like that, I know that that's shocking. Like, oh, I, I have 120,000 new competitors, but most of them will be one or two episodes, and, and they'll realize how much work it really It's probably uh, to do a show, as you know, to, to find a guest. For me, I have to write questions. I have to host a live show. I have to edit the show. I have to publish the show. I'm I'm talking. Yeah, eight, yeah, I know the pain. <laughs> yeah, it's it's eight to ten hours commitment per week, and yeah. you've got to be consistent. And you'll see, like that's why I have seasons, right? I mm, I can do yeah, 20, <laughs> you can take a I break a little bit on that. <laughs> I can do about twenty, and then I get burned out, and then I'll take a break, n- new season in in a month or two, and uh, it's it's just I love it. I just I can't tell you how much I love that people have that much control over their media.
0: Yeah, okay. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, uh, when you, you said that, you know, 120,000 people, you know, coming on to the new podcasting sites and all, uh, most people complain about this, uh, something called algorithm okay this instagram algorithm or facebook algorithm they will obviously complain that it is not actually pushing me because uh, you know actually tiktok actually recently i i think you know that app tiktok is actually recently banned in my country okay. uh, due to some reasons they have actually banned and before that uh, in people what they actually you know they actually literally cry in my language saying that tiktok is not pushing my uh, videos it's not like doing that so What do you want to tell to those people who actually complain about algorithm? Because being a digital marketer for 20 years and, you know, doing SEOs and all stuff, you will know that, you know, how much that also matters, like Google or Facebook, any of that stuff. So do you think which actually wins? It's a 50-50, you know, content versus algorithm or how is it like that?
1: If you don't like the algorithms, build your own platform, right? Uh, (laughs) You're not in control. It's not your platform. You can't do anything uh, to be upset about it. Most of the reach you get is free. What they do give you, you're not paying for anyway. Uh, there are ways to amplify that. Uh, you, can, you can invest, you can start to use the, if you can start to get just small trickles of ad dollars coming in, invest 100% of that into getting more reach, more exposure, more eyeballs on your content, more, or more ears on your audio. Um, do everything you can to keep that growth. But you don't own those platforms. You don't own the newsfeed. You don't own you don't own anything. Once you publish it, it's in their world and they're in control of it. You got to do great things and the, the types of sometimes it's it is. I agree, it's silly the content that does get promoted. Like, how can that possibly? But it gets promoted because people watch it, and the more people that watch it, the more ad dollars that those companies can make. So, do we have to? You know, instead of making you know trivia podcasts or one-on-one interview shows, do we just have to make like cats? And, you know, jumping off a table into a mirror, like, right. That gets a million views. Uh, but people watched it. That's, uh, is that the mental capacity of the public? I don't know that answer. Uh, you know, so you have to, you have to either, you know, build that audience slowly and make great content for those people. If you, you know, make content for the people who love you. You're, most people aren't going to be, uh, you know, a 2 million video view person. You're not you're just not the, the odds are stacked way against you. But if you can be a 10,000 view person, now you're talking, now you're, now you're getting some attention and that's probably enough for a very specific niche uh, or niche, I don't know the niche, uh, niche. I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh. We, we butcher a lot of words. Uh, that's probably <laughs> that's enough. Okay. Yeah. 10,000 is probably a good amount Um, you know, to to really have a following and, and to have a very targeted audience. You don't have to have millions and millions of views, but get enough views that inspire the people that you want to reach.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where the, you know, the goal of the podcast obviously comes in because uh, many people will think that if you get a million listens or anything like that, you kind of go big or anything. But sometimes, you know, getting that 100 listens or 200 listens, that's actually, uh, it's, it's actually an achievement itself because that loyal audience at retention rate, if that rises, I should be going. Around. And actually, you know, I wrote something, uh, you know, just not to forget it because of that. Now you're saying that, you know, People putting like uh, you know cat videos or something like that to to get them more attention. That's what people always do in order to you know in podcasting or anything like that. So uh, at what cost do you think that uh, they should you know do all this? Because sometimes people actually left they you know leave their families or uh, you know their uh, personal life and all that stuff and in order to pursue these kinds of things. So do you think that at a personal level of loss, these professional successes are actually uh, viable is it actually good do you have any take on that yeah
1: i don't like sharing uh personal and I, and that's that's obviously a choice that people have to make um i think that you lose a certain thing when you're always recording uh you gotta be able to shut it off and turn it off uh, i see people who've logged their entire lives uh you know their kids jumping in the ball pits or trampolines and but to get to get that five minute video you probably had to film eight hours that day and you cut the best eight, you know, five to 10 minutes out of it. It's, it's, I, I like, I, I like from the creation side. So, uh, yes, it's a trivia show. I'm creating this world where people are, are having trivia and we're actually doing a game show. It, it's not real, right? It's not reality. We're just kind of all escaping for a half an hour, you know, enjoying ourselves and then we're done. We can go back to our lives, our bills, our problems, right? Uh, watch TV at night. But you, you, I think you have to escape the, and separate the two. I wouldn't, I, 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 couldn't be. I'm, I'm not that person. People are, and, and those people do get millions and millions of views. Uh, but I, I always want to stay more on the, on the creation side and 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 create that world that you want to present. Now it's it's authentically me. I'm not not being me. I'm still a big goofball from Western Pennsylvania, uh, and I'm joking around, and you know, and we'll. Um, we'll tease each other a little bit. You know, it's fun. It's us. It's us being us in real time. And then we're done. Um, but to go, I'd like to go back to one point you said we're. you know, you get excited about a hundred, 200 views. That's, that was the first thing that ever inspired me about podcasting or even putting a video on YouTube. And with podcasting in particular, I think of it this way. I couldn't, I couldn't promote a show in my town at a theater that holds 500 people and fill a 500 seat theater, right? But I can publish a podcast and in the first 24 hours I'm getting 500 to a thousand downloads. That's exciting. That's to me, I think, I always think of my podcast listens as theater fills like, Oh, I can fill a 500 seat theater in, you know, in podcast world, that's exciting. Like that's a, that's a great, a great feeling.
0: Yeah, I can agree on that because, you know, uh, actually, as I do podcast on my you know Indian side, uh, most of the time, my listeners are actually from the U- United States because there was a, one guy called Mohit Patel. He's uh, actually Indian but, you know, residing in uh, US uh, and he actually, you know, contacted me saying that I found a podcast on LinkedIn. You know, if you're looking for any more, any more guests, uh, I could, uh, you know, happily hop. And I was like, how did it actually go to us i mean like i was really wondering how was actually you know he listened and everything and stuff then i mostly you know interview foreigners mostly i uh, out of, off of the country that's what i mostly do because you know it's kind of really like the culture and everything and stuff that what they do things differently and all so yeah i think you know uh, for that you were saying that 500 or 1000 downloads uh, do you think being a comedy podcast you get those much of downloads if you are a business podcast, if you don't get that, does that mean that we are not growing or anything like that? Talk to me about you know, the stats that you, know, you are facing.
1: Yeah, well, two, two different things are happening there. Comedy applies to everybody. Everybody jokes. Everybody laughs. Business is a small niche audience. It's, it's everybody works. Um, some people are manager level. Some people are CEO level. Some people are trying to, to do it themselves. Um, you know, just side hustle stuff. So, you know, you keep shrinking down that audience side. So business is a very powerful niche on iTunes, but it's a much smaller audience than than comedy, which is broad, where, where anybody can listen to it. Um, I, I think business is much more competitive. Um, comedy Uh, Because business, I mean, you have marketing, you have strategy, you kind of get down to, you know, four or five different types of business podcasts. They're either, you know, one person riffing for 40 minutes, you get an interview style podcast like we're doing here. Um, And then you maybe get a panel or you get a live presentation, but that's pretty much the extent of of business podcasts. Comedy is, you know, comedian. I mean, anything you can think of you know, can be a comedy podcast. So the audience is much, much bigger. Uh, but there is, you know, but the names inside of the comedy are much bigger. I mean, you're getting national touring comics who are now can't tour. So what are they doing? They're podcasting to supplement their income. So it's good, that's getting competitive too. But luckily, the audience size there is much bigger.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. You know, coming on to the comedy this section, I think I think, I really have to ask you, because when I was seeing the episode of, you know, the backstage Post and stuff, uh, there was this guy, uh, I don't know his name. He was actually, you know, wearing this full uh, headphones. It's, I don't actually remember. He was wearing a, a shirt and stuff. Uh, but he was actually really serious for a comedy podcast. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, like, yeah, people are like, you know, their time may be different, something like that. So... Do you think, you know, people should keep their face reaction, like even the comedy podcast, like always happy or, you know, if, if in case you, if you're talking something like that and if you're making comedy podcast and if I am always keeping a you know sturdy face, do you think that as a host or as a guest will be comfortable for that? Because I need to know because. Uh, now you're talking right now. So I have to you know, make reactions because I'm listening and I'm reacting to it. But sometimes people won't because their reaction level might not be as expected as it be. So how much do you think that's important you know, when it comes to face reactions on that?
1: I think you should be you. I don't think you should try to be... Um, I think you're talking about Joe Rogan. I think his, uh, his logo is headphones and a shirt. If I think that's who you're talking about. Um, he's a, This guy, Joe Rogan, has been the best at everything he's ever done. He's been a television host, uh, hosted one of the the best shows in reality television. Uh, he does uh, Ultimate Fighting UFC. He's he's an announcer. He's podcast. He's the number one podcaster. This guy is incredible. When he weight trains and fights. He's number one. He's, this he's incredible. Uh, I don't he, but he's just being him. So I, he is funny. He has his own uh, comedy special on Netflix. Like, uh, but he also learns like he's always in a state of learning and that's who he is. And even though he is, his show's funny and they, they goof around, they have comedians on, he's going to learn some crazy things that you never even thought about. Just, just the way his brain works about always improving. That's what he's doing. And that's him being him. And that that's perfect. He's the number one podcaster in the world. He's, he just signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. With Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't think you should veer from who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who like who you are will find you and you'll get out in front of them and you'll, you'll slowly build that, but be you. I I don't think putting on something that's not you is worthwhile because you can't maintain that. That's a lie. You know, you're telling a lie today and you have to keep that lie going forever. Um, It's a little different if you're playing a character, like if you know, like, Oh, this is a character I'm going to play. Then yeah, play a character and do that going forward. But, but always, always err on the side of being you. There's only one you. Just be you and have fun.
0: Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, being you is kind of hard. You know, people, you know, thinking about their judgment and stuff. Will they accept me as me? So yeah. I think. Yeah. That, I'll tell you a secret that, yeah.
1: that, I, that I learned six years ago. And everybody thinks, and when I first say it, it sounds shocking. And they, some people get offended. Um, the truth is, no one cares. I, I was afraid. That, <laughs> I, I agree know. on that. I am yeah. not offended. I truly totally agree on that. Yeah. No, Nobody cares. I, I, like I told you, I, I was interested in podcasting in 2009, and it took me to 2015 to actually do it. Well, I didn't like the sound of my voice. I didn't like the way I looked on camera. I didn't like, you know, even the, the words that I say because I'm from, I know that I talk differently from Pittsburgh than a lot of other Americans. I didn't like any of that. And I, I published a show, and you know who, who told me about those things? Nobody nobody cared that I sound funny. Nobody cared that I look funny. That was all on me. I was putting that pressure on myself. People have, they have house payments, car payments. They have kids that need to go to soccer. They want an, they want an escape for a half an hour to an hour. Uh, that's what I'm giving them. And I'm trading them, I'm giving them what they want for an hour. They can not think about all those things and they can enjoy life and then go back to, to that. And they don't care how I sound. Nobody does. Nobody cares. And uh, that's my favorite saying. And it's the one thing that's liberated me to be able to go out and just like, I would never have been on camera 10 years ago. Uh, never, but who cares? Nobody's going to come and tell me like, Oh, that, that Michael Strahan shirt you wore was terrible. Why'd you wear a green shirt on the camera? Nobody cares. Uh, they enjoy, I get, you get compliments. Like, thank you for saying that. I, I heard your show. That was, you're funny. That was great. Um, that's what it's about. None of it's about you. Nobody cares about you. They like what you do, and they enjoy that you can either inform them or take them away from something for a half an hour. But who you are—that—that—that's why would you be somebody else? Because be you. People like you. For, and it's true. People just like you for who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it is because you know, as you're saying that, you know, uh, for comedy and stuff. Uh, at first, the, what I was actually doing, you know, I, I actually do video editing and, you know, auditing and stuff for some of my clients. And at first I thought, you know, that my clients would always need me. Okay. Because I, every single time, whenever I, you know, uh, go to the restroom, after that, I come and check my phone. After I wash my hands, I come and check my phone. Okay. Every single time I was doing that, I was really afraid that, okay, if he text what happens? What... Then, you know, after like, uh, you know, a month or two, I actually thought, he's not going to die if I don't reply. <laughs> at first, okay, it, it'll take a bit of time. That's fine. So, that was really anxious because I was just starting out my gig. Now it's around six or seven months and I got some clients and you know working on that. So that, that's the one thing I learned me, you know, because, because like I said, no one's cares. And my kind of saying is no one is going to die. If yeah. you don't pick up the phone, no one's going to die. Yeah. Unless they're, unless they're, you know, somewhere around here, obviously they won't call you. They will call their parents. Why would yeah. anyone, you know, if your friends oh Yeah. Take care of the client, but you know,
1: mm-hmm. As long as they're happy, they're, they don't care. Yeah. They, you're doing a job for them that they need done. Mm-hmm. You get it done and they're happy. But they don't, they don't care the, your exact schedule. They just want, they just want yeah. quality work and they want it done, you know, in a reasonable time and they're happy.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, this is something that I actually asked an out-of-the-box question in the middle, actually. Uh, who was the last person that you made smile today? Oh, Actually, yesterday, I think so. You know, you said yesterday. Yeah, I just I woke you up. My just up. I was, I, <laughs> I well, made,
1: up I, you know, I, I made a pot of coffee and I took a cup into my wife. Uh, so that's <laughs> the only person I've seen today uh, was my wife. Uh, so it's a little too early to, <laughs> oh, I made you smile. Yeah. You're
0: smiling now too. So look at that. I made two <laughs> people smile. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is, this is, <laughs> okay, well, okay. So as of, as of yesterday, I mean, like, who, who did you expect? Uh Yesterday? Well,
1: I think I was by myself. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I go to, um. I go grocery shopping every Sunday morning, so I I wake up early. I'm the first one up in my house, and I go grocery shopping, and there's this type of cheese that I love, and the the people who work at the deli counter love this cheese, too, so every time I go into the the grocery store, they say, hey, Bell G-O-C-O, and they, they call me by the name of the provolone cheese. And uh, and we laugh and like we so I always make the deli counter people laugh uh, just because they <laughs> see me and they they oh here comes the cheese guy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I can get the feeling of that because you know I always have this uh, this something called uh, uh, boli okay it's called boli in you uh, know our in our country it's called that it's kind of a sweet uh, um, how to say it, sweet kind of thing I don't exactly remember the English word for it so every single time you know whenever I say it. Whenever I come, the first thing you should ask is it's not like what do you want? It's like, do you want bully? That's what they ask. They don't ask me what <laughs> you want. Because it's the usual stuff. So yeah, I think you know it's, it's really great that people actually you know, get accustomed to you, you know, whenever you know it's kind of an identity, it seems. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, being a TC guy, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying on that. Yeah, I mean so, uh, I typically
1: yeah. I typically goof around and I typically I'm always having fun. Like, you know, so I think I like to think I make a lot of people smile. I don't know if all my jokes are funny, uh, but I think if you're around me, we're going to have a good time. We're going to, we're going to laugh a little bit. Well, you know, we'll, we'll tease each other and uh, we'll goof on each other, but always like that came from skateboarding too. That's another skateboard lesson. Um, You know, when you're a young kid, I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, you're, you're, you finally get this sense of freedom. You can now drive and go places. So now you have a car full of 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. You're driving around the, the places. Um, sometimes you're getting chased by security guards or cops. And you're just goofing around. And, 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 you're, and you're pushing each other at the same time. So um, all that you really care about is that what you're trying to do today was a little bit better than the day before. And if you do that, you get respect. That's how you earn in respect in skateboarding. Just try a little harder you can be the worst skateboarder, but if you if you do one little trick better the next day, you're you're in. That's how you do it. So, so but we'll, but we'll also push each other, push each other, and we'll tease each other to as a motivation tool. So I, I still do that as an adult. Uh, I don't I don't know if everybody always appreciates it, but it's it's always it's always in fun, uh, for continuous improvement. So you know I would never just with a stranger uh joke around. Um but, you know with with friends and you know, we would tease each other and push each other uh the way like like real friends do, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it's good to have a child inside you. You know, um, I think it's good, you know, uh, being a child at heart, I think it can actually save you from a lot of pressure. I think so. As far as, you know, people are concerned. I mean, like if people are jumping into their, uh, you know, after finishing their teens, it's like their life is going to be over. It's like, you know, you're going to see a whole new world. I mean, like what? I've been in this world for 18 years. What new world I'm going to see? It's just that our perspective is kind of different. I think so. It's, it's it's really hard on that and you know this this thing that you know i actually interview a lot of uh, you know um, foreigners and one of my friends actually asked me to ask one of uh, my podcast guests so please don't get you know wrong in this but um, my friend asked me is that uh, in many hollywood films okay there's something called this high school romance okay in high school people will have this bullying this great romance this prom and everything and stuff so is it most of this, uh, most of the things that are shown in the Hollywood movies, is it actually true in, you know, in actual life as well? I mean, in your high school, did you actually, you know, got a date, a girlfriend? I mean, like, girlfriend is obviously I think that we can go on to that, yeah. you know, going to prom or anything like that. Is it all actually true? It's based in truth, but it's also highly
1: exaggerated. So, uh, yeah, high, almost every high school is going to have a prom. Um, they usually have two, two dances, like there's an, a fall dance and a spring dance only like the seniors and juniors go to the prom um they do they do you know kids go crazy with dresses and tuxedos uh some of them will rent limos like some of that part's true um but a lot of like the the um receptions where they dance all that's way blown out of proportion no, nobody has a budget for uh a room with a chandelier and you know no sh- they're not they're 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 nice they're very elegant dinners Uh, But the movies are, you know, the movie has a budget of a million dollars. Most high schools have, you know, a twenty thousand dollar budget. So um, they are they are nice events, and and prom is something that does happen. Didn't happen this year. They were all canceled this year uh, because of uh, coronavirus or COVID ID. Um, So so because of the pandemic.
0: I can't believe I'm actually being cheated my whole life because I, every single time when I saw a Hollywood movie, you know, the prom, you know, actually there's a, a mini series, okay. They actually, you know, this purple lighting, you know, many shawls are going on. And it was like, wow, why our country is not doing this? I mean, like I always ask this question, but uh, after hearing you, I, I can't believe I've been cheated my whole life. Yeah.
1: Well, everything in, a, in America is like an industry. There's a, a, a whole industry that supports the prom. So people are making dresses. They're renting limos. Uh, there's a whole service industry there. Weddings are the same way. Weddings. There's a whole wedding industry. Um, people were, you know, those uh, the the bride's dresses, the tuxedo. There's a whole a whole slew of people make a lot of money off of wedding. And there's industries like that. And that's the way. Kind of everything you see big in America is because something somebody's probably making a lot of money off of it. So there's a lot of proms, a lot of weddings um you know graduation parties aren't aren't as big but those are more small local um uh, but that's that's you know it's the way it, it's the way it works i guess
0: <laughs> well even if someone says the next time you know i'm going to make my child you know study in america not in india i'm going to slap them in the face that right? i know that it's not true so just shut up and get your child in a middle school and you know, study and all that. yeah i mean i, I went yeah. to i went to
1: three proms as a kid and um and the, the, I didn't, I, I mean, I, for the guys, it's, it's way less expensive. Um, the guys probably pay one sixth of what a girl pays. I, I, all I did was run a tuxedo and I I gave it back the next day. Uh, the girls actually buy their dresses and uh, those can be six, $700, you know, easily.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we actually, we as boys, you know, don't use a lot. I mean, of dresses. I don't know. I I, I actually never you know, gave most importance on that, but, girls yeah i i, I totally agree on that because a friend of mine she actually kind of bought 15 pieces of dresses uh, you know for like a whole month or something like that and that actually cost her around uh, 30000 rupees so 30000 in uh, you know in your country to be around like uh, uh, 800 dollars or something like that so it's just for a month every single month she does like that so i, I was like her father either is either her father is actually a really great guy or He's really full, grateful. So these are the two things that might probably would be that. So uh, just uh, one thing we're really asking asking is that, uh, would you listen to your, you know, peers podcast? Because this is something that's really good because uh, we listen to, you know, Tim Ferriss shows, Gary Vaynerchuk shows, everything like that. But do you listen to your, you know, friends podcast or your colleagues podcast? Do you listen to all of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I like, uh, especially the week before they come on the
1: show, I start downloading all kinds of independent. It, it sparks me to not only download, um, you know, who's coming on the show, but I'll start to download, you know, related shows, uh, you know, also suggested. And I just, I just like hearing it. Um, I like hearing people creating the media and, and just to hear somebody do it is is phenomenal. Like that's, that's what I like the most. I don't, I may not subscribe and be a regular listener, But I I found myself now consuming a lot more smaller independent shows. And, and, you know, some of them stick around. Some of them are just like, you know, I want to try it, you know, get a little taste of everything. Because there's so many. It's, you know, I I have about two hours a day I can listen to podcasts. And so I'm trying to, I'm just trying to sample so much right now that I want to support so many people, but I don't have the time to, you know, stay subscribed. Um, but I just I just want to absorb everybody's show and, and get a taste for everybody. Like just uh, a sense of what everybody's like.
0: Wow, well, well, that's great. And you know, just uh, one question before going before go on to the final question is that uh, I'm actually, like I said, you know, an MBA in marketing and finance. I'm doing pursuing right now. Uh, so what do you actually think, uh, you know, the scope for marketing after this, uh, you know, post-pandemic uh, in this, you know, automotive sector, you know, as you're doing this for, you know, more than 20 years, do you think, there's a viable future for marketing executives. I mean, like, no, there will always be, you know, jobs available for them because everyone needs to sell their products. So for that, marketing is needed. Uh, So, but, you know, the number of people they hire, you know, something like that, will there be opportunities for the new guys to enter? Yeah,
1: I I think I I got lucky as um, I was making a skate shop. I was selling retail all over the country, all over the world. Um, And I started, what I didn't realize at the time is, you know, I was buying Google AdWords for five cents per click. And I was, I had my own social media because it didn't exist. So I built a message board. I built a channel for people to create profiles. And I started doing all these, I was uploading video and and doing video marketing. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just kind of doing it. And once my, my skate shop closed in 2008, and people started asking me to do things like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you do this? Can you build a website? Can you... What, what am I doing wrong? And can you audit me? And I was like, well, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't see that yeah, coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you know in 2008, 2009, I had no idea. I, I got hired right away as a director of internet marketing at a media company. Um, and then I went straight to automotive. I've been there for 10 years and I love it. Um, and and I, in, in that sense, I got fortunate cause I trained myself. I learned the skill and then, I applied it to the market. The market needed that skill. Um, But if you look at what schools teach for marketing, if you look at the curriculum, uh, it's rough. Like it is is hard for a college to keep up with the pace that the internet changes. So I'm torn. Like I, like I have kids, they're going to be going to school soon, depending on what they want to do. I don't know a hundred percent if I can recommend college to them because some of the things you can start at 18, 19, 20 years old. We say cut your teeth. I don't know if that's a saying, cut your teeth is uh, you know, learning the skill and you know, and and we also you're green, you're real green. You're learning is, is green and you're cutting your teeth as you're learning the skill. Um, you can go out in the world, figure it out for four years, and instead of having in, in America, you'll have eighty to a two hundred thousand dollar debt at the end of that you you may the best case scenario for a marketing is you may come out of college and get a thirty five forty thousand dollar a year job and you have three four times that in debt uh that you owe to the college, so I don't know that answer and it's and I struggle with it because I don't think that i that some professions need a college education, but I grew up in a time where everybody went to college like that you went to high school, then you went to college that's what you did. And so I'm in that in-between generation where I really think, like, the things that my kids are learning, they're learning how – they want to start a lip gloss business right now. Uh, they want to build a website. They want to do video. They want to do TikTok. Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, they, they're not even out of high school yet, and they're already catching up to me. So I'm in, I could be in trouble in 10 years. You know, luckily I'll be retiring in about 20. So I can, I can ride this. You know, I'm ahead of the curve enough that I think I I can certainly ride an executive level marketing position for probably to my retirement, but I have, there's AI, artificial intelligence is coming from my job. Uh, These kids are going to be way smarter than me are coming from my job. So there's opportunity is crazy uh, right now. If you get your AdWords certifications, your analytics certifications, um, you're going to come out of college or even high school and you're going to have skills that people want and people want those skills now, and they're struggling to find enough good people. There's people who say they do it, which always, you know, okay, okay, you, you, you had a, you know, a viral video on Facebook, great. What happens the next day when that's done? Um, so, you need, if you can understand, you know, the long-term strategy, um, how to repeat it is important, too, and you get your right certifications, you can come out of school without, or out of high school, work three to four years, get those certifications. You'll be, a, you'll be getting paid $30,000 a year probably uh, instead of having a debt of $30,000 a year. And um, in four or five years, you could move into a manager position. You can be an account manager and, uh, at an agency and start helping you know, the people below you manage those accounts. And you can accelerate pretty quickly de- depending on what you want to study.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree on that because, you know, I, I've i seen, you know, as I said, in you know, the Hollywood movies itself, people always say that, you know, always debt in that, uh, you know, college debt and everything and all. But, you know, fortunately in our country is the it's actually quite, quite, how to say, costly, but it's not that much costly, you know, comparing to other nations yeah. and all. So getting a degree is easy here. It's really easy because you just study and you get, you know, pass marks and get degrees easier. But like I said, applying is totally a hard and you know this 2020 is like it's like it's like just ripped off you know people because uh, what we are predicting right now i said as you know a small you know group of people what we are predicting right now is that so first uh, you know this covid came so that's uh, you know first thing and second is actually you know in my country the madagascar locust or actually you know they are um, uh, what what was that? Uh, uh, migrating, yeah, sorry. I forgot oh, yeah. the word. So they're migrating from, you know, one place to another and they're actually eating crops all the way along. That may lead to drought or, yeah. you know, anything like that. And China is actually finding out another plague in, in those places. And we are actually expecting zombies and aliens to come in the next, you know, <laughs> Already, few months. That's what we yeah we are expecting on that. So, we,
1: did, we just had a dust storm from the Sahara uh, blanket the lower half of America. I don't, I don't know how bad it was, but... There was a dust storm. that I was like, when did that ever happen before? It came over like Florida, Georgia, North Carolina. Uh, that was a big news story last week.
0: It's yeah, crazy. I mean, lots I'm only happening. Like, <laughs> the only, only concern, my, my you know, my friend of mine said that, you know, dude, come on, man, go and reduce the weight because I'm I'm kind of a little overweight right now, you know, because in this pandemic also, I'm sitting at home like <laughs> actually, uh, you know, for like, how to say uh, two months or three, three months I've been in lockdown and uh, we're sitting and I actually said, dude, my main aim right now is to be, you know, get out of 2020 alive and right get more to 2021. If I make it, then I would exercise for over my life. I will be on that, but until then, this is my main, you know, priority and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty crazy going on that.
1: Yeah, we'll hit the reset button next year. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're saying. I don't know if that will be a button to press. That's what yeah. we're so afraid <laughs> of.
1: <laughs> yeah, who know, knows. This, uh, who knows what it's going to be like? And, and there's no way that you're going to know. Um, so, you know, back to how we started this conversation, you know, start to protect yourself, you know, create assets that are valuable, right? Create a podcast that has value to other people. Um, even, if, even if you don't monetize the podcast and you provide value to people, other people are going to look to you uh, that'll open up other things. You may get speaking engagements, you may get to travel and, and talk to you, corporate sponsors, sponsored gigs, where you, you talk to a whole corporation. Those, that's, those ass, those, what you have, that asset is valuable. So, you know, don't just rely on your job to give you a paycheck next month. You know, that side hustle is, is a big part of our, you know, especially our economy making a little bit extra on the side. Um, you start to scale that slowly over years and, and, you know, parlay that into other things.
0: Yeah, I yeah, 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 totally agree on that. And, you know, just one question before, you know, closing is that uh, what do you actually think is the best tip that you can provide to a fellow podcaster in, uh, you know, in order to grow? It's best tip according to the whole world.
1: Uh, well, you know, I kind of gave it away. I, honestly, uh, no, if you're on the fence and you don't know if you should create a podcast or, or what, just remember, no one cares. Uh, what you do, what you say, what you sound like, the most important thing is to get it out there, start somewhere. And I, I didn't know this was a real technique and I don't know the word for it. I thought I invented this, but it's, this is a real, uh, technique. It's no matter what your goal is, mark a calendar, you get a calendar 30 days. Um, all I want you to do is if, if you've been on the fence, like I was, and it took you five years to promote, to, to do a, to launch your first podcast mark out 30 days on a calendar and every day just do one thing i don't care if it's set up your email address i don't care if it's register a domain name that counts as one thing if it's you know set up your facebook page that's one thing and go do that 30 consecutive days and at the end next month when you're sitting in the same chair instead of saying oh i wish i had a podcast you'll have done 30 of these tiny micro goals all the way to the end, and you'll have, you'll be 30 steps closer to launching that podcast, because it is it is work, um, it's repetition, but those, and I thought, I totally thought I invented this, but it's a, it's a real uh, uh, strategy, you know, one thing, mark it on a calendar, put a little X, say I did something today, do one thing, as tiny as it is, count it, if you answered an email, somebody had a question about something, answer it, check off that box, you did one thing that day, at the end of the, at the end of the month, you have 30 goals in a quarter of a year, you'll have 90 goals. And all of a sudden now you're, you have momentum and it's growing just by doing these tiny little baby steps.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people, I, I just wish people have patience for that. And it's, it's really tough. I, I can totally because I actually, you know, it took me, uh, you know, six six to eight months around, you know, to properly share, you know, I, I've been uh, recording podcasts, like, you know, for six months, how I actually first did was, you know, to find guests, I go to Instagram, and I put hashtag entrepreneur, and I DM every single one of those people who, you know, in the recent tab, every single one of them. So first person popped up and he didn't mind, you know, what I was having and everything and stuff. He just I was so kind-hearted and you know get on to that. And after that, I knew plenty of mistakes. I'm still learning, like how to improve now you know, my graphics and videos and everything. So yeah, I think if people have kind patience of that, you know, uh, to pro progressively proceed, I think I think it's going to blow off. I think so. Oh, that's pretty great. And uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. So this is the uh, oh, so, so sorry, just one thing before. Uh, is there anything else you wanna ask me? I'm mention that. No, this is great. And, uh, you know, like I
1: said, if, if, you know, starting somewhere is like what, just exactly what you said, and that's the best advice you can give people that, yeah, you're going to reach out to a lot of people and a lot of people up front will say no until you get established and you'll get little wins. Uh, you know, I'll get, I had a little, I had some guests on my show and then I had one guest who brought uh, people who were on TV and I got a TV guest on my show. So I'm going to the point where I can build on that. And, and I can keep getting, you know, maybe bigger and bigger guests, bigger podcast guests. Uh, they're going to see that. And, and it's just snowball. So you do have to start somewhere. Like I'm saying, do one little goal. And like you're saying, reach out and just, you got to keep hustling. You got to, you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to keep working out and reaching out to people and, and you will get there. You will see those results when you look back 90 days uh, in six months, you'll, you'll, you'll be so proud that you did it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more on that. And guys, uh, so the things that we discussed is that, you know, there are tons of things like quantum versus algorithm and uh, how Backstreet Boys are so cool than NSYNC. And that's one of the things that, you know, it's really cool. And, you know, looking at other people's, you know, podcast and uh, I will leave everything in the timestamp below as I always do. And to my friend who's listening to this, who asked the question about high school performance dates, unfortunately, buddy, it's not going to work out. If you are still dreaming about going there and doing stuff, it's not going to work out. Uh, anyways. But, you know, best of luck. I think, you know, being a, a kid at heart and uh, it's, it's not going to hurt, but try that out as well. And uh, guys, thanks so much for listening and thanks so much Mr. Jeff, you know, for coming on to the podcast. It really means a lot. So I will see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you.